turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Ten minutes after the hour of four o'clock, and for the next two hours, you're kind of stuck with... Oh, it's four minutes after ten. What did I say? Starting off the show just kind of all messed up, huh? All righty. It's 10 o'clock and it's 5 after and for the next two hours you have me. If you stay that long. Nevertheless, let me talk about a good shop right off the bat because that's kind of important to me. A good shop is called Larry Harker's Auto Repair, 38th Avenue and Indian School. Been around since 1967. They know how to do auto emissions work, oil changes, vehicle maintenance, and all that electrical stuff and brake service, all that stuff, bumper-to-bumper stuff. But what Bob's really good at is diagnosing, diagnosing, and he's really good at finding a particular problem. So if every time you honk your horn, the car quacks, or if every time you turn right, the left turn signal turns on, he can fix it. Like I said, though, 38th Avenue and Indian School, he can still change your oil and all that other kind of stuff. All right, we're going to go to the phones right off the bat because we've got somebody that called in early, and I appreciate them you calling in early. And, by the way, the phone number is 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. RJ, how are you today? Hey, Mark. I'm great. Um, yeah, I'm a 40-year postal worker overnight. I've been following you since even before you and Rosie got together on that show. Yeah. So thanks for Thank all you. your shows. Uh, I've got an 87 Camry overheating problems, and I'm trying to figure out the fan doesn't seem to be two fans on there. There's two fans with a radiator, and neither one is working when uh, even when I hit the AC. So I need to find out how to um, bypass through the relays, see if the fans are okay, and also check in the relays with uh, with the uh, voltmeter um, I got how to connect it to to find find out different resistance changes and all that sort of stuff. So Yeah, I think you're getting way ahead of yourself on this. Um do you know where the relays are at? I see them, but there's like fan one, two and three, but I only have two fans, so that's kinda of a little confusing. Well, I don't know because it's an 87. I was around then, but yeah. um, I'm not sure if it's fan 3 is the one underneath the dash. So I, I don't know. But one of the first things I'd start doing is is I'd start switching relays. If you unplug them, I'd certainly mark them 1, 2, and 3 before I started. But let's put 3 into 1 and let's put 2 into 3 and let's move them around a little bit and then start the car up. Now, when do you expect the fan to come on based on the temperature gauge? Um, I'm not 
quite sure. I just know that I thought that when you started up, uh, turn the AC on, I thought one of the fan is connected with the AC. But yeah. neither one do really come on even an idle. Uh, it, uh, uh, I did have a, um, a loose wire that was real loose on the connector to the uh, coolant temperature sensor because every time I took the boot off very carefully, but I crimped it down a little bit because it's, it's, uh, the connector is real tiny. Okay. Okay. Hold and, on. Hold on. Uh, I RJ, it down. Hold okay. on. The right. coolant sensor has nothing to do with this. Right. Okay. Right. There's it a fan switch sure. on there. So, um, I mean, right. that's why you need a really a, di a wiring diagram. You need to know, mm -hmm. you know, where the relay's at. You need to know what's the trigger on it. Um, you need to know uh, what is it that causes the number one fan to come on and the number two fan to come on. But I'm right. I'm not quite sure. You you can't tell me what you expect on the gauge. So how do you know it's overheating? Well, it was. I've had some problems. Battling it for like four months and uh, uh, put a new thermostat. Radiator, I know. No, RJ. RJ, where yeah. is the gauge when you think it's overheating? Um, well, when it um, when the gauge goes all the way over and then and then it was just real hot. Okay, was, uh, all the way over. Pick one of these, RJ. Quarter, half, three quarters, or the needles in the red. Pick one. Red. Okay. And nothing you can do to make it go away from red? Uh, no, I was just kind of, uh, I just parked it, parked it at home, and then the fluid was real low, and then I filled it up again, and then uh, it just, okay. it was working fine until then. Yeah, RJ, I, 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 can't, I can't guide you because we're all over the board here. Um, right. I, you know, the fan should come on. Number one fan should come on somewhere between whew, just over half up to three quarters. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I've, I've asked you that two or three times, and I, I yeah, just, it never came on. Okay, okay. And then the air conditioning fan is probably hooked to the high pressure switch or the low pressure switch. It's not likely to come on until somebody asks it for. Um, mm -hmm. My, I, I would, I can't fix it. Uh, I just can't even guide right. you because we're we're. Um, I know that uh, if you if number one fan doesn't work and you shut off mm -hmm. the air conditioning and you get on the highway and drive ten miles and it doesn't overheat, then mm -hmm. uh, there's not the thermostat, the radiator's not plugged up or anything. But during that period of time, I want to see it between half and three quarters. So mm -hmm. if number one fan's not working, the easiest way to determine that is to just go drive it because if it gets up past right. three quarters and you get all that air rushing across the radiator. And then all of a sudden it settles down, and and see you, you, that's something you need to have. Now, when it gets into right. the red, does it spit any coolant on the ground? Um, no. Okay. Well, that that typically means something's really wrong, not really bad wrong, but it should. When it gets into the mm -hmm. red, the pressure inside the engine will exceed the 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 cap's ability to contain, and it'll usually throw. Uh, you know, red hot coolant into the overflow, and then most of the times it'll overflow the overflow and throw it on the mm -hmm. ground. So I'm okay. not even quite you have. I'm not even quite sure that that we're dealing with an overheat, and I don't think you're gonna in this time of the year at the temperatures. I'm not quite sure you're gonna be able to get that number one fan to cycle on and off unless you just let it sit there for ten minutes. 
And if okay. you had a temperature gun, then that fan should come on somewhere in the vicinity of 230, 240 off the top hose. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. And a wiring diagram is not going to really do you any good because you're going to chase your tail. This diagnostic right. process is probably not 85 bucks. You know, mm-hmm. it's just not. Right. Uh, and and I'll, I'll open that up to just to cover for everybody in the industry, 85 to 125 but there, you know, we're going to go in. The first thing we're going to do is hot wire number one and number two fan. So right. we're going to just add power to both of them and see if they both squeak or if they both run. Then we're going to go back to the relays and we're going to start unplugging relays and we might even plug a new one in. But it takes time for us to get it to act up. It's going to take time mm-hmm. for us to get it over a half. So maybe we'll go drive it. See, that's the time it takes. So it sounds like a lot for 85 to 125, but you're going to be doing some of the driving. I'm not even going to worry about the air conditioning one until we get the primary one. And all I need to do is see it cycle somewhere between half and three-quarter. If it comes on and goes off, I'm home free. As far as your AC mm-hmm. fan's concerned, I look at the wiring diagram. I find out it's off the high-pressure switch. The high-pressure switch, I take the wire off the high-pressure switch. I ground it. The fan comes on. Boom, we're done. That's how it works. Okay. But but right. if if I, I I would just get some help on this and because I think you're going to spend more money guessing than than you would if you just and it's okay for you to say I'll t- I'll spend the money on the diagnosis but I want five minutes of the technician's time to point out exactly what I need to replace because I'd like to do that myself. There's right. nothing wrong with okay. that. All right. Good luck to you, RJ. And and that brings up a good point. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. That brings up a good point. You don't want to be the kind of customer that walks in and tells us what to do on your car. Really and truly, if you know what to do, then do it yourself. But what is happening, and this happened just the other day, not to me, but to another shop, the customer comes in and dictates what they want. And then when the customer gets the car back, he says, you didn't give me what I wanted. But he never shared the symptoms. And he... he, in reality, it's probably not what he said to fix. So he comes in and says, flush the cooling system because it's overheating. So you flush the cooling system, you give him back the car because that's what he told you to do. And now he drives away and he comes back and he goes, it's still doing it. And then most shops are going to go, doing what? You just told us to flush. You didn't tell us to diagnose anything. You didn't tell us it was a problem. So some of you ladies, sometimes it's better for you to take the car into the shop because if your husband's one of those guys that wants to tell us what to do, that's a step backwards. That's a step backwards. And then if you have a problem with, I took it in for a coolant leak, and then it's got a coolant leak again, just be nice about it. Just be nice about it. Because if the shop is a good shop, they'll let you know if they made a mistake. So they go in and they fix something, and then you have a leak. Now, it could be different leak. could be someplace the same. It, it could be a lot of things. So you just go back in and say, you know, I, I have another leak. Could you look to see it, what it is and, and, of course, then, you know, see if it's related to the work that you did? That's really nice for us to hear. That's nice for the customer to open the door up that, hey, I recognize it could be something new. So you replace the radiator, and that's up here. And now we have a coolant leak, you know, a foot and a half away. Okay, what that is is that's the back of the intake manifold. So we got coolant leaking out of this side, and can I show you? Look at this mirror. Okay, see the coolant? That's where it's coming out of. And keep in mind, I worked on the radiator up here. Or the alternative is, I messed up. I messed up. I uh, over-tightened the clamp and cut the hose. I'll fix it. I'm sorry. 
So those are the kinds of, of things. And then my week, as you can imagine, has been a tough week. Then you got the guy who wants to second guess you. So you take takes the truck in, got a miss. We pulled three spark plugs out of it. Um, there's it's a V6, so three spark plugs are just burnt. They don't even have the electrode on them again. Now, evidently, at one time or another, the owner of the truck had been working on one side of the truck, and he had inadvertently and accidentally disconnected the mass airflow sensor, which tells the computer how much air is coming through the engine so the computer can can control the fuel. Okay, So if the mass airflow sensor says 1, it knows it, the computer knows it's idling. If the mass airflow sensor 5, then it knows it's wide open throttle. So the computer controls that spigot, so to speak. So we had three bad ones on one side, and we know the other three are fine. So we don't really know. So we put three spark plugs in it. Everything else is fine. We plugged the mass airflow sensor in, or he did, or whatever. But we know it had it had gone sometime. And, and then he wants to to drop a camera down in the cylinders and see what the pistons look like and see what the head looks like and all that other kind of stuff. We want him just to drive it because here's the deal. If there is pieces of embedded metal in the top of the piston or in the head, we'll know that soon enough. So why would we spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars dropping cameras into here and cameras into here? Because right now we think that those three spark plugs are bad because it ran real lean. And the only thing we can do is drop a camera in there or we can drive it. So just drive it. That's it. Just drive it. See how it goes. See how it runs. Because the alternative is bad news. So what happens if we say, hey, we got all kinds of spark plug parts embedded in the top of the piston. Now what are we going to do? Our advice is still the same. Drive it. Let's see if it's going to cause a problem. Now there are problems that that can cause when we embed pieces of spark plug in the head or in the the, the piston. And I'm not going to share those with you. But on a 1 to 10 scale, your chances of having that is about a 1 or maybe a 2. So 8 out of 10, you're not going to have a problem. Those are the kinds of things. So if you trust your technicians, listen to what advice they give you. And it's okay for you to say, hey, what would you tell your... First of all, do you love your mother? Yes. What would you tell your mother to do under these circumstances? Do you love your neighbor next door? Yeah, John's a great guy. What would you tell him? Those are the kinds of discussions that we really like to have. 602 508 0960. You're welcome to join us. Phoenix Body Works is a family owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982. That's over 35 years ago, helping family and friends with their collision repair needs with unparalleled honesty, integrity, and quality. We have grown into the finest collision repair facility in the Valley of the Sun. We are located on 19th Avenue one half block north of Deer Valley Road. We're open Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 12 noon for estimates. Give us a call at 623-582-1434 or visit our website at www.phxbodyworks.com, view our YouTube video, or read our Yelp reviews. Remember, it's your vehicle and you decide who repairs your vehicle not the insurance company. We work with all insurance companies on your behalf and eliminate the stress of dealing with the repairs. We are not beholden to the insurance company. At Phoenix Body Works, we work for you.
It's the summer kickoff window and door sale at DreamStyle Remodeling, featuring Pella. Replacing your windows and doors with DreamStyle will help make your home more comfortable this summer. During our summer kickoff window and door sale, save 20% off windows, 20% off doors, and 20% off installation. With no money down, no interest, and no payments for one year. Hurry, this offer ends on May 31st, which means you have less than one week left. Ditch the poor quality windows with poor energy efficiency that make your home hot and drive up your energy bills. Dream style offers innovative Pella windows with Pella's patented Duracast material, the strongest material available for windows. Save 20% off windows, 20% off doors, and 20% off installation during our summer kickoff window and door sale. And no money down, no interest, and no payments for one year. Dream style remodeling featuring Pella. Call 480-877-9003 or visit dreamstylewindows.com to schedule your free consultation. That's 480-877-9003. Hey guys, let's play some video games. This new dad plays video games with his sons. But the challenge feels like he's lifting a metric ton. So many buttons. His avatar just stares at the walls, twists and turns and somehow falls. Help me. He's tangled up in the controller's cord. I just don't understand this crazy digital world. Crazy, crazy digital world. But the love from his kids is totally apparent. Ooh. See, you don't have to be perfect to be the perfect parent. You should have just played catch. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. 21 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. Every Saturday we're here talking on the phone and talking about car questions. And I want to tell you real quick about Strictly Diesel Service and Repair. It's a triple A, A plus, I'm sorry, Better Business Bureau, A plus rated shop. Nate is a real service repair and parts guy. Nate works on both foreign and domestic light diesel trucks. They're located at I-17 and Pinnacle Peak Road. They sell parts 24 hours a day off their website. And Nate knows the difference between right and wrong. So if you've got a Duramax, you got a Dodge, you got a Ford, God help you if you got a Ford. Then and you got a problem nobody else can fix. Nate, I seventeen and Pinnacle Peak Road. Tom, good morning to you. How can I help you? Good morning, Mark. Um, I have a ninety seven Dodge Dakota with a V six and it has a hundred and ninety nine thousand miles. I keep getting a um Let's see, left bank 135 misfire code, but okay. it's only on um, steep grades. Like if I go to Payson and back, it okay. won't kick on going to Payson, but coming back about 10 miles into the trip back, it kicks on. But the fuel mileage is not affected, and I just passed emissions today, but I reset the ECM, and I can run flatland, like freeway, whatever, whatever speed, and it doesn't come on. Just only okay. when I get into either altitude or high rpm going up a hill that's okay. when it kicks it so tommy none of that makes any difference okay um, and here's why here's why we can answer all those questions after we figure this out if you got okay. a lean bank and it's all one side uh-huh. then there's probably going to be some kind of an air leak over there there's going to be a PCV valve hose that's collapsed and has a split in it and it's sucking air. It could be the intake 
manifold gasket is split and sucking air. But we've got an unmetered amount of air. This is one of the possibilities, I should say. Unmetered amount of air on that bank. So it's running lean on that bank. So all we have to do, and see, it's not going to really concern the fuel economy. It's not likely to concern power because if it's running lean, instead of one molecule igniting two and two igniting four, then one just kind of hang around for a while until two fires. So this isn't a tough diagnosis. Um, And then the fact that you passed emissions, you had to have reset that PCM or pulled a cable on it a week before, maybe? Uh, no, I've been driving it for about a month with it reset because I had to put a battery in it, but yeah. Okay, Okay, but before you went and passed vehicle emissions, when was the last time you cleaned the, the uh, memory on the PCM? Um, well, it happened at the beginning of the year in January, so I cleared it, and then um, about a month ago I cleared it when I put the battery in. Okay, and how long after you did the battery did you go through emissions and pass? Um, I, just, I went through today. Okay. Okay. Obviously, it's a problem that's coming and going because you should not have been able to pull that off. So if you pull the code and it's a hard code, then it would have come back. They would have seen the code and they would have kicked you out. So yeah, when you, I, I, okay, it it um. So again, we're we're chasing our tail because what needs to happen, and and this is this isn't a tough thing to do. Now, if you want to play around with it, take a can of propane let it idle, and then just kind of and put a hose on the end of the can of propane and just open it maybe a quarter turn to where you can barely hear it go and just kind of wave it all around the intake. And if you hear the RPMs come, now this is something we would do as a last resort, but it, it, if you hear, you pass over this area and you hear it go and then you take the wand away, you take the propane away and the, the engine settles down then within you know eight yeah. inches of there, that's where you're at. But because you, you're, it's not going to be an ignition problem. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be something that's affecting the entire bank. And so when you listen, close your eyes and listen for a hiss. Uh-huh. And then if you hear a hiss, then go find out where the hiss is coming from. Because, I mean, I've tried the propane, I've tried carb clean, and nothing makes it rev up. I know the PCV valve Sometimes that hose collapses, but that's on the 246 bank. Okay. But, I, I mean, the only time I've ever had the check engine light come on on this vehicle in the 10 years I've had it is either was uh, the beginning of the year just climbing that steep grade. So, okay. But, I mean, I can run it for years on, you know, just on freeway, and it doesn't come on. Okay. I, I can't fix your car. Um, I, okay. I, I've given you the best advice I can give you, and I'm, okay. I'm telling you, forget about the hill. Forget about all that okay. stuff. It, it's not going to get you anywhere. It's, it's, and, and all that's going to happen is, is you're going to start guessing because of the three-whisker kid at the auto parts store, and you're going to throw a whole bunch of parts at it. And, and, you're, and he's going to say, oh, it only happens at a high altitude. Let's put a map sensor in it. Oh, it only happens uh, once a month. Let's do this. That's just not the way we fix cars. I'm not driving you to my business or anybody else's. My suggestion to you is is you are better served by getting some professional advice and at least have them diagnose it and firm diagnose it. This is what it is. I'm going to write it on your work order and sign my name. This is the problem. Now, if you put the part in and it doesn't work, they kind of have to re-diagnose it. But sometimes, but not all the time, sometimes it's 
because of an inferior part or the improper installation of the part. So do you use Teflon tape when you put a coolant sensor in? Um, do you use any dielectric grease around the mass airflow sensor? Those are the kinds of things we run into. Mark, good morning to you. How can I help you this morning, Mark? Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, we bought a new vehicle last week, and I have a question um, on a new vehicle. Is it advisable to do an oil change earlier than you normally would because the new engine parts are wearing in? No. Okay. Um, the filter is going to catch all that. So, okay. And every new engine does it. Let me give you some advice that you can use. Don't use cruise control for the first three or 4,000 miles. Okay. Okay, we want the varying throttle. So we want you to throttle up, throttle down, throttle up. We don't want you to set the cruise control and drive from here to L.A., because a steady speed isn't going to polish everything the way we want it to polish, and it's not. We need the RPM change, so just drive it. I know there's a lot of people that say, I think you'd turn your question around and say this, Mark, when you got your new diesel truck, did you change the oil before the 10,000-mile mark? And my answer is no. <laughs> now, here's there's a difference. Mine holds 12 quarts and yours doesn't. And I use a synthetic, and I don't know what you're using. But it's an issue of what that's kind of the one of those old wives' tales that, really doesn't make much sense. Mm-hmm. The, what does your oil cap say? Do you remember? Does it say like 020 or something like that? Uh, it's uh, the, the owner's manual says 5, 5W30 full synthetic. Okay. And and so that means you're at an oil change interval of ten to 12,000 miles. Okay. And if I were you, how many miles a year do you drive? Well, my wife's going to be driving this, and it's going to be pretty low, probably under 5,000. Okay. And I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd put a 530 blended oil in that. That's a 7,500-mile oil, and I'd change the oil every April. <laughs> That's what I'd do. <laughs> because she could do this. You can do the synthetic every year, but she's not going to get the real benefit of a full-blown synthetic. If you do a blended oil, it's still got a 7,500-mile call on it. Otherwise, let's, let's change it at 75. But you could use a full synthetic. Just change it in April. Be done with it. But no, and no one's going to care. And, it, and if it's not in your owner's manual, and I know it's not, you don't have to worry about it. No one can say, oh, well, you're going to void your warranty. Okay, show me in the manual where it says that. And, of course, they can't. So good luck, Tom. Thank you. Ver- or Mark. Good luck, Mark. Thank you very much. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960 if you want to call and ask a car question. Or maybe settle an argument between you and your husband or you and your wife. I'm pretty good at that. Um I think. <laughs> and so, again, 602-508-0960. Every Saturday right here on 960 The Patriot, I'm here talking about cars. I'm here for you. I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm not here to sell you any magic lotion. But when we come back, I'll tell you why not to do that. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com.
Attention, this is a money-making opportunity. Are you interested in making active and passive income each month flipping real estate tax liens? Then listen to this. The ProSource Tax Lien Company is offering a free tax lien flip kit, which contains educational videos and a step-by-step report that will show you how to earn government-secured returns up to 18%. Plus, see how you can access tax lien inventory not available to the public. So, if you want to become a real estate investor without swinging a hammer or being a landlord, Lord, then text dollar to 31000 now and get ready to learn how to flip tax liens and acquire houses well below wholesale prices for big profits. All from home, working part time. Text dollar to 31000 right now to get your free tax lien investor kit, plus two free tickets to a live training event, which includes a free smartwatch just for attending. Text dollar to 31000. Again, text dollar to 31000 for your free tax lien kit now. Individual results may vary. Rich is just a really, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. He lets his 10-year-old nephew beat him at virtual tennis, even though he can straight-up slay his 10-year-old nephew in virtual tennis. When the toilet paper is running low, Rich replaces the roll on the actual holder, not just on the back of the toilet. Rich is texting and driving. Rich, no. What are you doing, Rich? I was just telling everyone how great you are. Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Introducing the YMCA. What, you already know the Y? Or so you think. Sure, you know the Y for a swim, a workout, even a game of hoops. But did you know we're more than that? We're a cause. When you take your jump shot at the Y... Someone else is getting job training. Take a cardio class while kids are in an after-school enrichment program. Practice your downward-facing dog as a teen practices her leadership skills. That's the why. We work with people no matter their age, income, or background and give them the opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive, all with one simple goal in mind, to strengthen our community. And we've got so much more that does just that, So while you might think of the Y as that place for lifting weights, we're also about lifting entire communities. Introducing the Y. We're so much more than a place. We're a cause. Visit ymca.net slash more. 34 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. Let's do this. Let's start this doing it this way. Let's start with year making model and miles. Okay. And then let's talk about symptoms. I accept full responsibility for not making that more clear. But let's talk with that. Year, make, model, miles, and then let's talk symptoms. Now, maybe you have a question like Mark just did about, you know, do I do an oil change? That's fine. That's a yes or no answer, and there's a little bit of reasoning behind it. But let's talk year, make, model, mileage, and then symptoms. And Carrie, good morning to you. How can I help you this morning? Good morning, Mark. I have a 2002 PT Cruiser with 150,000 miles on it. Uh, When I go around a corner, when I use the brake, when I use the accelerator, I get a ding. Like 
I'm running out of gas. That sort of sound. Okay. Okay. So is it is it probably coming from the dashboard? It's some kind of a warning? Well, the noise comes from the dashboard. The door light comes on. And the overhead light comes on. Okay, okay, okay. All right. I think what's wrong, here's what I want you to do. Um, I think there's a switch on the door that turns off the dome light when you slam the door. I'm pretty sure you can find that. Okay? All right, okay. You you got any duct tape? Yeah. Oh. We're going to put the duct tape over the button. Now, I want you to put two or three levels of duct tape over the button. Okay? Okay. So what we're going to do is is we're going to do that on the passenger door first, and we're going to leave the tape there if you still got the ding, and then we're going to do it on the driver's door. Now, is it a four-door cruiser? Yes. Okay. And then I I want you to just, we might have to do it on all four to find out which door switch is bad, but that's what's going on. It's seeing a door open. I also want you to slam the door really hard. As if there's a bad guy outside that's got a hold of the door and you want to cut all of his fingers off. Don't break the window on me, okay? Don't okay. break the window on me. But and 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 we're going to push the button and by adding two or three layers of duct tape over the button, we're going to push it in a little bit more. Okay. And so and and just make sure you firmly close the door. And yes. I think you can figure this out yourself. Now, you're going to take it to a shop if you want unless you want to try to take the button out yourself. And you're going to say to them, I have this ding, ding, and the interior lights come on. Because when you said ding, ding, that wasn't good enough for me. But you said interior lights come on and off, and boom, I'm there. I'm there. Okay. So, okay. And, and, and that information is so important that, you, you know, you got the ding. And I bet if you were to drive down the road, have your seatbelt fastened, open up the door, you'd hear the same doggone ding. <laughs> I'm not suggesting right. that you open it up very far, but I am suggesting if you want to try it, you can do that. But just get in the habit of slamming the other three doors. And and then sometimes maybe you have a passenger, and that's you hear the ding a lot more. Then that uh-huh. kind of leads you to the passenger door. Mm. Okay? Yeah. It happens more when I'm by myself, actually. Then, now... Does it ever not happen? Otherwise, now, the ding could also be a seatbelt. It could also be that it's telling you, but the dome, I'm thinking out loud here, but the dome lights wouldn't come on. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the ding would the ding would be there if the seatbelt wasn't on, but it wouldn't turn on the dome lights. I think the key there is is that I have interior lights coming on. Uh-huh. And and the computer looks and it says we're doing, well, in, in, in your case, we're doing 107 miles an hour northbound on, on 7th Avenue. And and, and I, see, I see that the door's open and I probably should warn her. So that, that's, I think that's what you do. But if you, if you go in and tell them the passenger side door, the driver's door is the problem and give them the symptoms, yeah. then you probably saved yourself some diagnostic money. Because you're putting okay. them on a path. But don't tell them it's the door switch. You just say, I just noticed, I put some duct tape over here, and it doesn't do it. I take the duct tape off, it does it. And, okay. you know, the, your diagnostic money will be five bucks because they'll duplicate that in a heartbeat. Okay? So they're going to replace that switch? Well, it depends. Um, sometimes if there's a couple of screws on the front side of it, we'll pull it out of this, the uh, B-pillar or, or the door, wherever it's at, but it's probably going to be on the B-pillar, the, the pillar to your left shoulder. And okay. if it's all rusty and dirty, then you take a little wire brush, 
and you say, hey, Carrie, I can put a new switch on there, but can I just clean the rust off this one, and can you try it for a couple weeks? And if it comes back on, then we'll put a new switch in it, and if it doesn't, then we're home free. Okay. That's and what would a new switch approximately cost? It depends on and on how hard it is to get. I would imagine the uh, switch is going to be less than less than thirty five dollars. But okay. can we access the switch on the outside, or do we have to go inside and undo the nut so the switch pops oh. out the outside? So that's it. The, the labor is going to be the difference. Okay. Got it. Thank okay. you, Mark. You're welcome. You're welcome. You see, folks, that give and take. I have an overheat. Okay, when does it overheat? Uh, it overheats. On fast driving. Okay, where does the needle get? Three quarters. That's what happens in my life all the time, especially with guys. Guys will say, oh, it overheats at three quarter. No, it isn't overheating at three quarter. That's okay. Well, no, it's always been at half. No, if it has the right thermostat in it, it's not always been at half. You see, new cars today, and I'm talking about from 2000, probably five to right now, we want the gauge to run between half and three quarters. Now, if it goes to three quarters, you're probably going to know why. Well, I just picked up my golfing buddies, and we're going up a hill, so the car's working a little harder because i got four big guys in their golf clubs in my car or my truck. So you'll know that it gets closer to three-quarters. Now, on the other hand, you're coming back from Payson, and you're going downhill from Mount Ord, and, of course, it might get to half or a little less because you're not even touching the gas. So those are the kinds of questions and answers. Now, when when you're driving around town, where does it run? Past three-quarters. Okay, when you get on the highway, how does it run? It gets hotter. Okay, the radiator's plugged up. That's as simple as it gets. Symptoms, analysis. Well, when I go fast, it overheats, but when I slow down, it doesn't. Radiator's plugged up. Okay? Now, it it overheats when it's city, and then I get on the highway, it cools down. We got a fan problem. So those are the kinds of symptoms and stuff like that that we can get to. 602-508-0960. Open lines are available. We got five, so if you want to talk about cars, then you can. 602-508-0960. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that we can give our daughters everything they need to grow and learn. But not every child can focus on classes and play dates. Nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. face hunger. That's one in six. School lunch might be their only meal each day. And it's heartbreaking to imagine any child going to bed hungry. We're dreaming of a perfect day when kids can smile, play, and just be kids without worrying about where their next meal will come from. Feeding America is working to make that perfect day a reality. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. That food is given to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about doing things that make an ordinary day extraordinary. Learning to play an instrument, building a sandcastle, hosting tea parties. Hunger should never be an obstacle to growing up. You can help end childhood hunger in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. My student loan is totally paid off. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either. I paid more than the minimum each month and soon enough it was gone. So you're just giving up. Giving up on what? The life of luxury. 
Egyptian cotton, caviar Thursdays, designer everything. What are you talking about? Our plan. What happened to winning the lottery and mastering the art of the perfect mimosa? Hosting galas, wearing enough jewelry to require a bodyguard, vacationing in the French Riviera, and then buying it. I just thought maybe it was time to prepare for my future. You know, set some financial goals, make some smart investments, open a 401k. Financial goals? Investments? A 401k? You are horrifying right now. Listen, if winning the lottery were easy, everyone would do it. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Maybe it's time to take a fresh look at everything we thought we knew about landing a great job. For instance, what if phenomenal careers start at the middle school science fair instead of at the job fair? If being the captain of the robotics team means just as much on a college application as being captain of the football team. And if knowing the quadratic formula is every bit as important as knowing the right people. Well, the fact is, the jobs of the future will be heavily geared towards science, technology, engineering, and math. In other words, the future is STEM. More opportunities, better pay. And the road to these great jobs starts as early as middle school. So if you're a student, talk to your school counselor about STEM. If you're a parent, talk to your kids. Because the job you'll get in the future may very well depend on what you do today. A public service message from America's Navy. Forty-four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, my name is Mark Salem, and we're here every Saturday from 10 to noon talking about car, car repair, what kind of car, new car, here's the three models I'm looking at, that kind of stuff. So let me tell you about um, Action Auto Repair on I-17 in Inder Valley. It's a good place, family-owned, full-service auto repair shops. They really do a good job in the, in, the, in the issues of this. Give me the symptoms, do a symptom analysis, find the problem, bid the problem, and give the customer the estimate. Then when your customer says go, you go ahead and you fix the car, and then you go drive it to make sure that what you just fixed it for is really fixed. Because if it's not, you got to go back and start over again. And that happens to everybody, including me and my shop. So every once in a while, you miss the diagnosis. you got to back that train up and start over again. So it, it, Action Auto is no problem. I-17 in Deer Valley, great place to be. And let's go to Mike. Mike, good morning. Hello, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much. Good, good. I have a problem with my air conditioner in my 2012 Mazda 3. Okay. It it uh, it squeaks. It makes like a little chirping sound when it cycles on. Okay. And I, I don't know if that is maybe it's low on Freon or if that's something I can try to do myself or try to figure out how to how to get some figure out what's wrong with it. Okay. Um, how many miles has it got on it? About 120. Okay. Has it ever not done it? Just started doing it. Well, I started doing it last summer a little bit. It seems to get worse. Okay. All right. Well, there's an electric clutch, and uh, and we've got a coil, and we've got an idler bearing on the nose of that compressor. Um, is it obviously worse every month? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, it seems to get okay. worse. That's that's true. Do you know where the compressor's at? Okay, well, I'd get a water hose and just squirt the front of it off real good, try to wash off the clutch. To answer your question, low freon's not going to cause the, the squeak of the clutch. There's okay. nothing in the air conditioning that's going to cause the squeak of the clutch unless just the clutch is bad. 
Now, I don't know that I'd jump to the conclusion that the clutch is bad. What I'd really like you to do is just pay particular attention. Temp- temperature, yes or no, affects it. I drive around city, it's okay, but I get on the highway, then it starts cycling. Now, under those circumstances, if it's cycling while you're running down the highway and you have your speed up to three or four, then we're cycling it on and off because you are low on Freon. But that wouldn't happen. Where do you run your fan switch on that? Usually it's on two or three. Okay. Um, I, I would be interested. Now, are you in recirculatory or not? Uh, yeah. Okay. It, it does, I, I don't think that seems to matter. It does It does do it more when it's hot. It, as it's getting hotter, it seems to do it a lot more. Okay. Well, the air compressor is coming on and off if you're running it on speed two. Yeah. And if you're using recirculation, then you're freezing up the evaporator behind the dash. And when the compressor sees that, it's going to disconnect. And then all of a sudden, after it comes back on, it's going to reconnect. So if you're hearing this thing cycle on and off, then try this silly idea. Run that fan switch up, leave it on recirc, but drop your window down so you don't freeze. And just drive it that way for a while. We're running the air at max. We're running the fan blower at max. And you say, you know what? It's not doing that anymore. Okay, well, what's happening is you're setting, the, you're setting it low. You should, be on, you should not be on recirculatory if you're on two. You should drop a window and go to outside air and push your air conditioning button. I think then it'll stop cycling. It could be that it's been cycling a lot, and but I wouldn't do anything right now. I just wouldn't do anything. If this is all you got, let's do a little bit more testing. So, so go to two or three. Said, you said to, you said to hose hose off the the compressor or the clutch. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I want to get all the dust enough. off of it. I want to get all, all right. the dust off of it. So, and right. I wanted to know if it's better after that too. Okay. So, okay. So try that. Just just change the air conditioning controls. Go to three. Drop a window so you don't freeze your tail end off. And go to outside air. And let's see what happens. Because maybe you've been using the clutch a lot, and maybe it's just real squeaky because it's been used a lot. And maybe if we stop using it a lot, it'll stop making the noise. But I still, if you brought that into my shop. I wouldn't be replacing the clutch. I'd say let's just continue to go for a while, and when it gets bad, then we'll deal with it. But if it's all it's doing is eat, eat when it comes on and off, then I don't think it's worth it. Okay? Oh yeah, no, it's making more noise. It's making a lot of noise. It, it squeaks. It makes a loud squeak for a few seconds. Okay, well that's just the clutch slipping. Does it blow cold air out the vents? Yeah, it blows cold air. Okay, okay, can't very well be low on Freon. You can go down to the uh, auto parts store yeah. and get one of those little thermometers and put it in the center dash. And I want anything less than fifty-five degrees. I'm happy with. Okay. So, but you know, you only have two choices. You can replace the clutch, and it's possible the clutch comes with a compressor. So now all of a sudden you're talking right. about big yeah. dollars. Yeah. So uh, you know, all if right. you okay, good luck to you. Thank you, okay. Dan. You're up next. Dan, how can I help you? Oh, hello, Mark. I have an O one. Sierra, 130,000 miles. After it's sat all night or, uh, uh, let's say, uh, all day when I'm at work, when it's time to leave, right after startup, uh, it starts uh, making a clicking noise, like a, a valve lifter is what I'm kind of thinking. And okay. after it idles for a while, then it quiets down again. But uh, right on startup, it's quiet within about 15 seconds, then the clicking starts, and then it goes away after. Uh, uh, it's real handy to use the, that uh, seatbelt timer light 
that's about how long it takes it to get quiet. Okay. All right. Um, are you absolutely sure it's coming from the engine and not the back of the dash? Yes, because I, I can pop the hood, go to the front, and I hear it there from the engine. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think somebody's going to have to listen and identify which side it's on for sure. Uh, they use this, We use a stethoscope for that. And then we're going to have to take the valve cover off. And then we're going to have to touch the valves as they're working to find out which one's loose and maybe put a half a turn on it. And if it goes away, then we give it back to you and say, try that. Um, it just kind of really depends. You're supposed to back them off until they clatter good. Then you go in one turn or one and a half turns or two turns. A senior guys kind of know just how to do it. If you go too far, then the engine start it's, that cylinder starts missing. And if you go really stupid far, you'll bend the valve. So it's just a matter of finding out which one it is. What motors that got in it? Is it a six liter? No, it's a five point two. Okay, some of those, and I don't know if yours is one of them, were starting to wear off the back lobes of the cam. And when we do that, then we get a, a lifter noise. And it has something to do with the metallurgical properties of the cam. So what has to happen is is the whole front end of the truck comes off because we got to bring the cam out the front, and we got to take the intake manifold off and sometimes the heads. So we pull the whole cam out front, then we put a new cam in, and then we put all new lifters. If you have roller lifters, you might be one of those guys. So uh, uh, let me give you this idea. Um, what part of town do you live in? Scottsdale, South. Okay. I would go over to, um, uh, what the heck is that name? Uh, Bell Automotive. Bell Automotive, 87th Street in uh, McDowell. Wow, that's almost within walking distance. Okay. Um, well, it's, Carol used to be the guy that ran it, and he's turned it over to his daughter and her husband. And um if you look to if you find a tall guy there that's got huge hands um basically the question is is are you familiar with the bad camshaft situation on the General Motors motors and I'm sure he'll no. say yes and then you oh. say are you familiar with what motors it is I'm sure he'll say yes and if not he'll go fa- figure it out real quick and then you say can you listen to this and and I think you can get 10 minutes out of a shop's time for free and and that's that's how I would handle it the other possibility is to call my shop and talk to my son, Alan. Again, you don't get to have him for 30 minutes. But if you call Alan, he can cite chapter and verse on which motor this is. So if you have one of those motors and you're in the mileage spread that we're used to, and so is everybody else, most everybody else is, is, is familiar with this problem. Also, it's pretty expensive. So there's a whole lot of labor and there's a whole lot of parts. So it this can get been doing it for a long time, and it, it's starting to get worse. Okay, well, it could be a camshaft problem or a lifter problem, but it could also be that we put we're pulling the stud out of the head, or there's a lot of other possibilities. So it's just a matter of diagnosing what it is. But I've described pulling. First of all, find the side, and if it's coming from the valve cover, pull the valve cover. Touch all the rockers as it's sitting there idling. I mean, there's no harm for a senior guy to do that. You're not going to pinch your fingers. But we're going to be able to feel which one's bad. And then put a half a turn on it and see what happens. And then say to you, you want me to pull the stud and thread the stud and put it back in because it's possible we're pulling the stud out of the head. Um, And so if I thread it and put it back in or if I JB weld it back in, we might do better. So there might be some options there. 
but you can say, no, put the valve cover back on. Let's see how it, how 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 long it lasts. So, or you can replace the head, and that's kind of a stupid thing to do because, you know, most of the time we can take a, a four or five rockers off, and we can set a straight edge across the studs that hold the rockers. And if this guy's poked up a bunch more than the other guys, then bingo, we're we're there. So a good a good gray-haired guy is going to be able to figure this out, but. Um, it's either going to be something to do with a rocker and a valve, or it's going to be something to do with the camshaft deteriorating. That's that's what I would I would. But don't tell them what to do on your car. Just give them the symptoms, and then ask them for an estimate. That's what that's what I would do. Okay. Okay. Thank you All very right. much, Mark. All right. You betcha. Good luck. I wish I could name. I f- wish I could remember the the young man that's there at Carol Bell's. Um, he he's just a wonderful technician. And I just can't think of his name, but I will just as soon as we go to break or something like that. All righty, real quick, let me talk about another really great shop in town. There's a lot of them. You can find them on my website, MarkSalem.com. But when you talk about good shops, Auto Dynamics is in Sun City. They've been around a long time, since 1982. They're on their second generation. Chuck has passed it to his son. They're, they've got great staff, they're good mechanics, and their mechanics and anybody at their shop is not paid a commission or a percentage of your repair bill, so that ensures that nobody's going to sell you unnecessary parts or repair. So if you're looking for a good shop in the Sun City area, perhaps you don't like the, the options, then may I suggest Automotive Dynamics, north side of Grand Avenue, just west of 99th Avenue. And who we got on the phone, Gil? We have Steve. Steve, good morning to you. How can I help you? Good morning. Um, I have a 2015 Honda Odyssey with about 80,000 miles. Okay. And it has an intermittent um, issue that only happens on the first start of the day. Um, okay. And it, it varies. So sometimes it's a push button start. So sometimes you push the button, nothing happens at all. Um, sometimes you push the button and you get a single click. Sometimes you get like a chug, like it's trying to turn over, and sometimes it just will will uh, will crank repeatedly with no and not fire. Okay, but it, well, you, it sounds only like happens you have... on the first start. Okay, okay, um, nothing happens. The question would be: Is is are we sending twelve volts to the starter solenoid? We have to do that. So I want you to push your brake pedal harder for the next okay. couple of moments. I've done okay? that. Okay. I've, I've pushed down on the brake pedal. What the only time changing how hard I push on the brake pedal doesn't seem to do anything. Sometimes, okay. if you open and close the door, it will then start. Um, and then sometimes you just walk away from it for five, ten minutes, and come back, and then it'll start. Okay. Well, you have you have a lot of symptoms, and you 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 say sometimes nothing happens. Sometimes it clicks. Sometimes it cranks. And doesn't start, and sometimes it starts. Right. Let me tell you what I'm thinking. You got a no click. That's a solenoid or a neutral safety switch or a okay. brake switch. I'm asking you to hit the brake switch harder. I'm asking you to make sure it's in park firmly. So that's the no okay. click. The click, then I want you to turn on the headlights and I want you to park against a wall or the front of your garage or something and look at the headlights while you're trying all of this. Are they white and bright? Are they yellow? And do they dim and don't come back at all? FAQ 28 in my website. FAQ 28. And that's no start, no click, whatever, whatever. So you've got sometimes nothing, solenoid, or something is interrupting the 12 volts to the starter solenoid. Then i got a click. Ooh, low battery voltage? 
a click sometimes is just low battery voltage then sometimes it cranks over but doesn't start Ooh, that's the one that's got me stumped because when it doesn't start it can be either fuel or spark and sometimes everything's fine so we've got fuel or spark we've got starter we've got solenoid so you hang tight and if you want to and we'll talk about this more on the other side of the hour I'm Mark Salem 602-508-0960 602-508-0960 it's 58 after the hour we'll be right back 